Thank you, worship team. I love Christmas. And you can always tell it's Christmas around Crossbridge when Jeff breaks out the mandolin. So it is officially, <clears throat> it is officially the Christmas season. Well, hey, if I haven't gotten a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor and one of the teaching pastors here. And we're excited that you have joined us for our first uh, of, ser- of the series of, of Fear Not, our Christmas series this year. And before we kind of jump in, I just want to kind of give you a lay of the land over the next few weeks because of where Christmas lands this year, it's a little bit different. It's on a Sunday, and we are actually not going to gather on Christmas so that our volunteers and our staff can have time with their families. And so what we're going to do, though, is on Christmas Eve is going to be our Christmas service. And we're going to have three services at 3 o'clock and at 4.30 and at 6 o'clock. And 6 o'clock is the famous pajamas uh, service, so you can bring your pajamas, you wear your ugly sweater, I, whatever you want to do. You can wear them earlier if you want to, too. It's up to you. But uh, we always look forward to our Christmas Eve service. Uh, it's a great time, and it's going to look a little different this year, but we're excited about that. And then the next Sunday is uh, New Year's Day, and um, so we are going to actually not meet again then, but we are going to do a, a, a video broadcast uh, at 10 o'clock. Generationally speaking, Jordan and I will be coming at you, kind of giving you the lay of what's going to happen in the first year, some things that we're very excited about, so you're not going to want to miss that. And then you can watch the Rose Parade afterwards. So there you go. So that's kind of what's happening. But it's Christmas. Can you believe it? You know, we've, we've been talking to a lot of people, and some people are very excited about this, and some people are not so excited about it. But all of us can't believe that it's here already. You know, it's, it's here we are in the midst of this whole whole thing. And, and I don't know about you, but, um, you know, in our house, we love Christmas. It's, you know, Barb lights, decorations. She goes all out. Uh, we've had our lights up for quite some time. One of our neighbors actually started burning their Christmas lights on November 1st, and we said, game on, and we turned ours on, you know. Our, our, uh, our daughter came over right after we had just decorated, and she looked around, and she said, it looks like Christmas threw up in here, you know. And that's just kind of the way we operate. I don't know, you know, how that is for you, but that's just what we love. And the big argument always is Christmas music, right? Okay? And, and how many here are, are, can't listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving? How many? You're all wrong. It's okay. That, that, you know, we will pray for you. It's all, it's all good. You know, we started listening to Christmas music, uh, I think, July. But, um, you know, it's just one, it's one of those things. But today we kick off this series called Fear Not. It's week one of Fear Not. And over the years, I have been very transparent. If you haven't been here for a while, I'll try to catch you up. Uh, I, I am scared of a lot of things, okay? One of the things that I am fearful of is fish. I don't like to touch fish, okay? For those of you who want to go on a cruise and go scuba diving in the reefs, reef, reef, whatever those things are called, and, <laughs> and you're swimming along with all the fish and the, and, the, and the rays and things, no thank you. I'm never going to go on a cruise. I, don't, I like to look at fish, but I want glass to be between me and them, okay? Thick glass so I don't have to touch them. Uh, I'm happy to go fishing with you as long as you take the fish off the hook, or I can sit there and just drink Diet Pepsis all day long. It's no, it's no problem to me. I don't want to be with fish. I'm scared of the dark. I could sleep with the lights on every night, you know? It's just, but those are just some of the fears. But let's just face it. When it comes to Christmas, there's a whole new set of fears that come out, isn't there? Some of you are already thinking ahead of, of the family gathering coming up. Yes, I hear, see a lot of tension, and it scares you to death because, you know, you never know what's going to come with the family that comes, you know? And, and I'll be honest with you, there is, um, there is one fear that really heightens in me when it comes to Christmas season. When it comes to around Christmas time, I have got to really prepare my mind and get ready for it because at any moment on the radio, Christmas shoes may be played. And there is nothing worse. You want to talk about ruining your Christmas, listening to that song will ruin your Christmas in no time flat. So I have, thank you, preach it. 
And so I've gotten very good and accustomed to, I can actually uh, name that tune in the first two notes, and I can come and shut that thing off just like that. Now, you may find some weird people around here, like Jordan and Kim, I don't want to name any names, <laughs> that will try to convince you that this is actually a Christmas song. Don't buy it, okay? Worst Christmas song ever written, ever played, just don't listen to it. If you don't know what it is, thank you. You're living stars. I haven't heard it for a long time. Anyway, there you go. That's a little uh, public service announcement from your, your, that's how much I love you, okay? <laughs> there you go. But I don't know about you, about your fears, but we are all influenced in our lives with some of the things that we face. Some of the fears that, that, that go on, you know, and, and, and maybe this season it's, it's a fear of being alone. Maybe it's a fear of what's happening with your job. Maybe there's some marriage issues and you're fearing, there's all kinds of things that can come at us, especially this time of the year. That, that we can start fearing if, if, if we're not careful. And we all run into these things. We all have fear in our lives. We all have circumstances that lead us into places that we become fearful if we're not careful. But through this series, the question I want to ask us this is, is, is this one. I think we have to wrestle it to the ground, and you, and you have to, to really ask yourself, is what is your fear costing you? The fears that you have in your lives, what are they actually costing you? And the most repeated command in all of Scripture is this, fear not. Sometimes it says, don't, don't, don't be afraid. And, I, and you have to wonder, well, why is this the most repeated command in, in all of Scripture? And I think sometimes we can think, well, you know, uh, we're just supposed to live this calm life, just this peaceful life, and, and we're not supposed to be afraid of anything. So if we just kind of stay comfortable and we don't have to worry about, about those kind of things. But if you actually look and, at Scripture and you go back and you start doing a search of, of all the times it says fear not or do not be afraid, you'll kind of be amazed because what happens is it's always said in a time when God is stretching someone. When God is asking someone to step out of their comfort zone, when God is challenging them to do something big for him. Almost every time you look at, at Scripture and it says afraid not or fear not, it's because someone is going to be, be having to move out of their, their, their comfortable space and doing something for God. And you look at back and you think about Abraham who, who, who was called to leave his family and everything that he knew in a place that God didn't even tell him where it was. And he's told not to be afraid. Moses comes along at the burning bush and God says, I'm going to have you deliver my people out of captivity. Moses gives him all kinds of excuses. He says, and God says, I'm going to be there so you don't have to be afraid. Moses dies and Joshua takes over and he's going to have to lead for the first time his people into the promised land, not knowing what's going to happen over there. And God tells him, I'm going to be with you. You don't have to be afraid. You look at the disciples who are sent out two by two, and, and, and Jesus says, I'm going to send you out like sheaves, sheeps among wolves. That's encouraging, isn't it? But he said, don't be afraid because I'm going to be there. When Jesus leaves, he tells us, don't be afraid because I'm going to be there. Fear not. And I believe that he tells us that because Fear can, can keep us from doing what God is calling us to do. If we give in to fear, it will actually derail us from God's calling in our lives. It will actually cost you your destiny if you're not careful. And so we're going to start the Christmas story. We're going to look at, at, at Mary where the angel comes and says, fear not to her. And, and it's kind of unusual. You know, you wouldn't think that here's the Christmas story. God's going to do something unique. God is starting something brand new. He's coming here to earth. <laughs> and this fear wells up into certain people. So here we go, Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. 
Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Which is interesting because we all know what Mary is going to go through over the course of, of the rest of her life. And here is the angel saying, God is with you and you are favored. And she's going to struggle, isn't she? Verse 29, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. Some versions say, fear not, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Here is Mary, chosen by God to carry the Messiah, the one they have been waiting for for centuries, the one that's going to change everything. And here is Mary, this teenage girl who has her whole life in front of her, and God comes in and interrupts her own plans, what she had planned for her life. And understandably, she has some questions. And at this point, my guess is she's not overjoyed. She's actually overwhelmed. And that's when the fear starts creeping in, when she can't see everything that's happening. See, God has specifically chosen Mary as a piece of the plan to redeem the world. It's no wonder she has some fear, but it's no different for you and me. Because God has called each and every one of us. He has tapped us on the shoulder and he says, you are part of the plan. You are part of what I am doing. I am to redeem the world, you are part of what is happening here. You get to be, play a part of God's story if we cho choose to do that. And so here is Mary, and, and, and she's got this fear welling up, and the angel tells her and lays out her destiny of, what, of what's going to happen, how it's going, going to happen. And she hears and senses God's plan, and fear starts to creep in, I am sure. And it's the same with us. For many of us, and what we call it around here is we hear a whisper, we hear a prompting of God. Something's happening in your family. Something's happening in your life that moves you to a place that, that you have to follow what God is calling you to do, that he's asking you to do. There's something that happens you see, and you say, you know what, I just can't live with that. I see an injustice. I see something going on that I can do something about, and I am going to move in that direction. And, and here's what we start understanding is just as Mary's plans are interrupted, you know, she had this whole thought process of how what her wedding was going to be like and, and what she was going to do and how, how big of her family was going to be. And her plans get interrupted by God's plan. And she has some choices to, to make at that point. And we have the same thing. Some of our priorities need to change. When we start hearing the whisper of God and, and he starts calling us into, into a certain direction or, or asking us to do something, and we start realizing this is going to lay out the way I thought it was going to lay out. How am I going to deal with all of that? And our priorities have to change. See, what happens when God speaks purpose and, and destiny over your lives, fear starts showing up in all kinds of areas. And the interesting thing is sociologists tell us that we are born with only two fears, the fear of falling and the fear, and the fear of loud noises, that God has instilled in us those two fears, most likely just to keep us safe. But then we have all these other kind of fears that, that start creeping in with us, these, these kind of anxieties, if you will. And, and you've got to start wondering, okay, well, if, if God has only instilled those two in us, where do the rest of those come from? And I think Paul, talking to Timothy, actually answered that question. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. 
So God has given us this, this spirit of, of power. He's given us a spirit of love. He's given us a spirit of self-discipline. So which begs us to ask, well, where does the other fears come from? All these other things that we deal with, where, where are those coming from? And 1 Peter answers that in chapter 5 when he says that the devil, our enemy, Satan, is like a roaring lion prowling around trying to find someone to destroy. He does not want you to follow God's will. He does not want you to have a powerful life. And when we start setting our mind to, to doing things of God, I promise you, you're going to come under attack. So that spirit of fear comes from our enemy. And it's important for us to know that. Because a lot of times we think this fear is just nothing more than a feeling. It's just something that, you know, well, well if I just avoid that feeling, if I just avoid that area, then I'm going to be okay. But when you realize that fear is a spirit, that it's, it's, it's our enemy trying to take us down, it's our enemy trying to keep us off course, off track of what God has instilled for us, now we have the means to fight it. And how do we fight it? Through this Jesus that we're celebrating. This Jesus that we're talking about coming to earth. He came here for us, and he gives us the Holy Spirit. When we, follow our li- when we set our lives on Jesus, when we accept him, when we say, I'm going to follow you with our lives, we get the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us power to fight these things. So we understand that this voice, this thing that's nagging us, is not of God, it's our enemy, and now we have a means through Jesus and the Holy Spirit to actually fight it. See, we've got to understand that this fear, anytime we set on God's agenda, that, that the enemy's going to do everything he can to, to, to take us off of that agenda. And if there's a fear facing you right now, if there's something that's in your way that you're just scared of, that you don't know how it's going to turn out, you're, my guess is that God is asking you something that there's something in your life around you that God wants you to accomplish, and this fear is creeping in to keep you away from what God has planned, what God has in for your destiny, his calling in your life. There's a battle going on, and you have to be aware of that. There's this battle of the spirit of love, the spirit of power, and the spirit of self-discipline versus the spirit of fear. See, God tells us to forgive and his spirit of fear says, yeah, but if you do that, if you forgive them, you're just letting them off the hook. God tells us to open up, to, to bear ourselves, to be authentic with other people. And fear says, no, you know what? If you do that, you're going to be rejected. People aren't going to, to love you. God says to take a step in, in, in faith, and, and, and fear says, no, no, you do that, man. You are going to fail. You're not going to make it. Just stay safe. Just stay comfortable where you are. God tells us to love others, to love like never before, to be relentless in our love. And fear tells us, you know what? Those people are different than you. They don't think like you. They don't live like you. They don't act like you. Don't do it. There's this continual battle going on. And what voice are we going to listen to? It's a decision we have to make. Fear stops us from just diving in. Fear stops us from plunging into what God has in store for all of us. Last weekend... Barb and I for Thanksgiving and, and part of their Christmas present, we took all our kids and grandkids uh, actually up to Shipshawana. They had a light show and, and things going on and, and we rented everybody a hotel room and we just had a great time getting together. And the hotel we stayed at had this great big pool in it and the kids went all swimming and all the grandkids were there and some of them were jumping in and swimming and what have you. And, and we had one of our grandsons that was standing on the edge of the pool. His daddy was in the pool telling him to just come on and jump. And here he was. He was scared and didn't know what was going to happen. And, and, and here's dad saying, I got you. It's going to be okay. Just go ahead and jump. And here he was, just terrified. He said, I, you could tell he just was all tense. 
Some of the uncles would come over and try to get him to jump also, and, and there he was, and he just couldn't do it. He couldn't come, overcome his fear. And then the pizzas came, and everybody got out of the pool anyway, so. But isn't that us sometimes? We stand at the edge of what God is calling us to do, and we don't know if we can trust him. And we don't know if we can let go and we can jump. We don't know if we can just, just take that plunge, we can take that next step of what God is calling us to do because we're so enamored with fear in our lives that we don't know if he's going to be trustworthy, if he's going to be actually be there to catch us, if it's going to look different than, than what we have in our mind. You know, we think of things like, you know, well, God can't. He can't come through in my marriage. He can't come through in what I'm facing. He can't come through in my loneliness. He can't come through. But it's not until we jump that we actually see. Does it always look the way we want it to look? No. But God has always got us. And if we don't jump and take the next step, you don't get to experience God coming through. And then after we experience from time and time that we take those steps, we take, the, we take that step of, of faith and, and, and overcome fear, then we start realizing that God is good all the time and he's got us no matter what we are facing. Will it be hard? Possibly. Most likely. Will it be challenging? Yes. Will it take you out of your comfort zone? Absolutely. But the more we take steps and the more we, we go out on faith, the more we take those, those leaps, we start trusting God more and more. You see, fear in our lives is proof that God has something better for us. And we believe that, that the best version of yourself is actually walking through your fear. The best version of yourself is on the other side of whatever's holding you back in fear. So take a step. And here is Mary. She says, just how is this going to happen? And the angel goes on in verse 35. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she was conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Listen to this verse. For the word of God will never fail. What God says will happen. All the promises that are left in Scripture, all the things that we cling to, everything that he says that, we, we, that he's going to do, he will do. Will it look like, again, what we think? Probably not. But God is in control, and we can trust him on that. What he says will happen. And so whatever he is asking you, just lean on the promises of God. And the question for each and every one of us is how will we respond when he calls us to walk through our fear? Here's how Mary responded. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Mary says, may your word be fulfilled. I am yours. No matter what you ask me, the answer is yes. And it's the same with us. We've got to get to a point in our lives that before God even asks a question, it's already made up. God, whatever you ask of me, I am yours. I am your servant. I will do whatever you ask. The answer is yes before you even ask it. And it's a scary place to be. It's a place that, man, it, you, you live life on the edge and you've watched people who walk through this and live their life this way. It's amazing to watch the faith that they have. Are they scared sometimes? Absolutely. But they walk through it, and they make an incredible difference for Jesus in their lives. Will you jump, and will you take the next step? <clears throat> and let's just face it, most of our concerns, the things that keep us up at night, the things that, 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 
that we, we keep thinking about, about our family, about our children, our worries about our children, about our jobs, about our, our marriages, our society and our culture, what's going on in all of that, it's nothing more than fear. That we don't know if God is actually in control. And then we have to start questioning ourselves, does he actually have our best interest in mind? And so how do we get rid of this fear? And I just want to give you, as we close today, just, just three ways that we can build a foundation to help us get through the fear. And we're going back to 2 Timothy verse 1. Let's read the verse again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. He's given us a spirit of power. He's given us a spirit of love. He's given us a spirit of self-discipline. So the first building block is understanding. We've got to get grasp in our mind that God is powerful. Fear says God can't do it, but we know that he can do whatever he wants. Your circumstances, your marriages, your health, no matter what it is, God is powerful and he can handle it. And for many of us, we look around this world right now and, and things are going crazy. There's no question outside of here, man, that things, you think that everything is, uh, is turned upside down. And how do, in the world do we deal with that? And I want you to understand that God is not surprised by any of it. He is still on the throne. He is still there. He is powerful, and he knows what's happening. It's, it, it's part of his plan of what he's got in control. God is powerful. He can handle anything that you are facing. He can get you through anything that is happening in your lives. The second foundational block is this, that you are loved. <laughs> and maybe you're sitting out here today and you're saying, you know, I, I just don't deserve God's love. There's none of us in here today that deserves God's love. There's no one on this stage that's ever sat here. There's nobody that's sat in, in, in one of the places out there. No one deserves God's love, but he gives it to us anyway. That's what's so amazing about the grace of God. He loves us that much. And you may be sitting there saying, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know how I've lived, how I've disappointed him. It doesn't matter. I want you to understand if nothing else, there's nothing you've ever done, there's nothing you could ever do to make God love you less. God loves you. Listen to this verse in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. We have put our trust in our love. We have to move our trust from ourselves. So often what we think is, is that God's love is dependent that, on, on what we do, and we haven't measured up to God's love. No, we will never measure up to God's love. We gotta trust in God's love for us first. There's nothing you can do. There's no way that you can set the standard. God loves us no matter what. What we know, we know how much God loves us, and we put our trust in his love and only in his love. He goes on and says, God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. There's no other way to live. If you're a follower of Jesus, you've got to bask yourself in the amazing grace, the amazing love that God has for each and every one of us. So listen to this. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. The love of God comes in, and when we start understanding that, accepting that, when we give our lives to Christ and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we act out of love. We are transformed creation. We are different than what we are. We start acting like Jesus. We start becoming more like Jesus because of the love that he's shown us. Scripture tells us here, we're not going to be afraid on the day of judgment. It's not about what we've done. It's about God's love and his grace for us. Verse 18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. Listen to this. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. 
And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. We don't follow Jesus. We don't follow God out of fear. We follow God out of love. If you are following Jesus out of fear of what may happen to you, you're not experiencing and you don't understand the love of Jesus. And in my generation, we grew up, you know, I think that's how we, they got to basically follow Jesus was to, to, to be scared of, of who God is. Is he wrathful? Yes. But when we understand and grasp the love that he has for us, why he came, why we celebrate Christmas, it changes our perspective. And we don't follow out of fear anymore. The fear is gone. It's about, man, how can a, an amazing God, this extravagant love, no matter what I've done, come and die for me, individual? He would have come and died for me if I was the only one. That's how much he loves me. And with that perspective, it changes how we love. It changes how we love others. We start seeing people in God's eyes and how much he loves them also. It changes everything. I believe that's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and lay it all down because my yoke is easy, and I will give you rest. And many of us need rest because we're trying to, to, to please God with everything that we do. We don't have to try anymore. He loves us. And out of that love is how we, we act and we make our decisions and we live differently. I'm telling you, it will free you when you understand and live under his love instead of the fear of him. It's amazing. And I hope you've experienced that kind of love. And honestly, you can experience right where you're sitting right now a simple prayer saying, God, I, I, I want to live under that peace and love, and I want to follow you with my life. And he will meet you there and guide you along the path. The last thing, the last building block is this. You have a choice. <clears throat> Scripture tells us that we have self-discipline. You have the, the spirit of self-discipline. Some, some translations are sound mind. That through the Holy Spirit, we can discern things. And when we start fearing, when this fear starts welling up, we can start looking at it and saying, where is this coming from? What am I listening to? Is this from the enemy or is this from God? And, and we start discerning what, where we are and, and, and how that changes us. It, does this voice lead to peace? Does it, or does it lead to the anxiety that maybe I'm feeling? And I, understand that I understand that, that anxiety is a real thing, and I'm not making light of that, but, but this discernment that we have through the Holy Spirit will start giving us building blocks to start battling some of those things that are coming along with us. It's absolutely amazing. How are we living? I'm going to ask the worship team to, to come forward, and we're going to close here in just a little bit, taking communion and singing one more song. And I don't know where you are today. I don't know what kind of fear is holding you back at this point in time. And I wanted you to know that I've had to wrestle with this in my own life as of late. And as I look back for, for so many years, I, I, I followed Jesus out of this fear that was there, out, out, out of, of, of what God may do, or, or I wasn't living up to expectations. And when I started understanding grace more and more, and when I started understanding how much God really did love me, that he was pursuing me, that he wanted to be in a relationship with me. When I started to, to let my guard down and saying, I don't have to prove anything to you. All I got to do is rest in your love and give you my life and live for you. It changed everything. And I want so badly and so desperately for each and every one of you to understand that and feel that and rest in the love that God has for each and every one of you.
we can overcome this. You have the spirit of power. You have the spirit of love. You have the spirit of self-discipline. All to overcome your fear. Scripture tells us that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead resides in you. That's some kind of power that we all have access to. We just have to decide, are we going to live in fear or are we going to live for Jesus? Are we going to live the way that he has called us to do? I want you to understand this Christmas season that Jesus came for you. And this Christmas season is about you. And we're here to worship that. So we're going to take communion together as a family. And I think it's a beautiful way to start off this Christmas season. Knowing that Jesus, Scripture tells us that he came to dwell among us, to show us how to live. And so we're going to come up and take communion because Jesus not only came, his whole purpose was to show us what love looked like to the point of dying for each and every one of you. And we're going to lift him up and worship him for that today. So as Gina continues to play, just come up and get the elements. Take them back to your seat, and I'll be back up, and we'll take communion together. But as you come, I want you to ask yourself, what fear do I need to get over to God, give over to God today? What is holding me back to fully surrendering my life to you, to Jesus? And as you come, would you just ask God to show you that? And would you lay it down for him? Because he loves you that much. Come and get the elevator.